Hello and welcome to another episode of Time Extend. My name is Adam Ismail. Joining me today, as always, is... Brendan Norrison and uh, Adam. It's been quite a while, but we finally managed to get another episode recorded. Don't know how long we've been waiting to do this one, and I think we actually teased the topic. Like, it must be months and months ago now. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's... We're not going to get through the usual excuses. People know what the situation is at this point, but hopefully it means that any time my episode does drop, it's a, a nice little bonus to their their listening schedule. But today, we are going to be talking about another game series in a good bit of detail. A um, few games in the series, that the most prominent ones, you could argue, alongside a weird spin-off. But we're going to be talking about the Dirt series, which is, a, as we always say, a long time coming, Adam. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. We we talked about Grid years back. Wow, I think that was like three or four years ago that we did our podcast yeah. on Grid. And uh, now we're finally getting around to Dirt. And this, um, as you might guess, was kind of prompted uh, by the sudden and tragic passing of Ken Block uh, way back in January, which feels like it was just yesterday. But... Yeah. Um, you know, we, we had the idea we wanted to talk about this for a while and we're finally getting around to, to do it now. Um, and it's kind of, you know, we'll, we'll definitely uh, talk about Ken as we get into, you know, discussion of the second game, obviously. But um, just this whole era of like kind of rally and extreme sports coming together, the X Games and Codemasters going from Colin McRae Rally, which was more of a simulation kind of rally game to dirt which carried over some aspects of cmr but kind of was more about that immediate fun uh the variety of off-road racing disciplines uh it all kind of ties together a little bit you know thanks to um thanks to stuff like the x games and like those brands you know monster energy and rockstar uh i feel like rally was really kind of a, a rising stock back in like the late mid to late 2000s and the early 2010s and this this series captures that so well. No, absolutely. I, I think as well, it's the the first of its kind in that generation where the, the racing games really took a shift more towards that. How how can we kind of lean into the the more kind of simcade type experience by blending more extreme sport elements, like you're saying, into the driving, but also make for a more varied type of racing game? Because I think coming into the the PS3 and in 360 generation, uh, maybe a bit controversial to say, but I think at that point that's when the racing genre was really losing a bit of its shine in terms of the public eye. What, why are people playing racing games? What are they getting out of it? That sort of thing. Um, coming off the back of the PlayStation 2 when there were so many hits, I think there was a need for the more kind of ambitious racing games to come around, and and uh, I kind of think it's signalled almost by like the fact there were so many racing games in this time period that use very edgy and punchy titles like. Dirt, grids, pure. Always four letter words, yeah. Yeah, fuel, like, <laughs> they're just blur, you know what I mean? Like, we had, we had so many of these, like, kind of more ambitious and scope games, but boiled down to that simple kind of edgy namesake to stick in people's mind. And whether it be dirt or grids, that's probably a discussion in and of itself. But I think Dirt really did kind of herald that idea of this is what the the next gen racing game experience could be. A lot of variation to the kind of standard type of rallying people were expecting right off the bat with the first game. Uh, Colin McRae's name obviously still attached to this, to kind of the first game in the series to show what it was about. But ultimately it's it's more 
it's more indicative of what like Colin was doing towards the tail end of his kind of driving career before he passed away, like trying out those different things like the the X Games and and just in general being a bit more ambitious with the type of driving he was doing. And I think like Dirt is a nice evolution on what Colin McRae was offering whilst also trying to broaden the audience by making things a bit easier to play. So it's uh, I think it's a very important series overall in the racing genre for for what it brought to the table and and right off the bat. Um, I feel like Codemasters had a, a good vision of where they they wanted to take this, um, although they, they did have other ideas as well, Adam, as, as you were researching. Yeah, um, you know, coming off the back of CMR 2005, that was, that was three straight years of really fantastic rally simulations that were iterating upon each other. And if you want to know more about that, uh, we talked to Paul Lavelle, one of our good friends, but we did a podcast and he was on and we talked about CMR and, um, you know, each game was building upon the last, but it did kind of seem like after 2005, which, you know, nobody would argue is probably the apex of that series. All three games were great. Um, you know, maybe Codemasters kind of wanted to go in a different direction, wanted to sort of try something that they hadn't before. Uh, and as you were alluding to, you know, it's kind of interesting. I never really thought about how Dirt sort of um, falls in the shadow of Colin himself also getting out of the WRC, trying different things, doing the X Games. I think he was doing like um, the car or like Rally Rave at some point too. So yeah. it's almost like as, as Colin's career sort of became what it was going to be after WRC, uh, you know, obviously before being cut short. Uh, that's sort of what Dirt was doing too. And uh, as we have a little bit of information uh, around, not a ton, but um, you can find certain people who were sort of uh, at Codemasters at the time around this like pivotal moment in like 2005, 2006 when, um, uh, you know, the consoles were changing over and the generation was changing. And uh, there was actually a CMR6 uh, in development that got canceled that was supposed to be for that Xbox PS2 generation of platforms. Um, there's actually an artist uh, by the name of Steve Andrew, who thankfully he uh, his Behance page is up and um, we can link to that as well uh, on Twitter when we post this episode. But um, all of these renders of a front end for a unnamed Colin McRae Rally sequel project uh, that is very arcadey. Um, there, there are even a couple of sort of just mock-ups of UI and one of them almost looks like it's like a Fast and Furious mobile game. Another one yeah. kind of reminds me of like SSX or Shocks with like meters on the screen and stuff. That one of them it says uh, there's a meter for turbo and there's another meter for drift. So um, kind of like Evolution Studios did with uh, Rally Evolved, right? It's almost like they were trying to take what they built with Colin McRae and and sort of expand it. And obviously that's that's what would later happen with Dirt. So we sort of see the seeds of that idea. Um, with this pitch and yeah I mean it's it's fascinating to look at some of these mock-ups um, but also I mean that's basically what dirt became it, it just seemed like you know and, and I'm sort of filling in history with my own common sense in my brain here um, not saying it's right uh, at all but like you know Codemasters was thinking over all these ideas and they were like hey 
let's just focus all of our efforts on the next generation of systems, which, you know, come 2006 makes a lot of sense. I mean, the, the PS3 uh, towards the end of the year was out, the 360 had been out for some time. Um, obviously, these ideas were germinating, you know, before the systems were out, but I think it was the right move to just sort of let the CMR series end where it did and then just focus on dirt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and you do get the chance to do that clean break as well when it's a new console generation, especially one that was such a big leap into that HD era. Um, it, it seemed the right time to, to kind of move on to, to something different, and I think right from the offset, Dirt set that expectancy that it was going to be a bit more, a bit more engaging for a wider audience than just rally fans, and I think that kind of like we're saying harkens back to. To what Colin was doing in terms of his own career, the legacy he wanted to leave, that sort of thing. Um, it's it's funny because obviously, like when you think about Ken Block once again and what he achieved, that that was the same type of goal of like kind of transcending the the motorsport world and the, the car culture to become a true viral icon and almost at the types of kind of the, the types of events and such that Colin McRae started to get involved in. It, it's kind of the, the parallels are there eerily. So. Um, I think Dirt mirrors that pretty well, and uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we can kind of get into discussing the first game if, if you want to do that, Adam. Yeah, yeah, I think it just naturally leads us there because, wow, Dirt won. I mean, I I remember playing the demo back when like demos used to come out for games, uh, yeah. especially on the, Microsoft was kind of pushing that on the 360 in the early days, and um Wow, I, I remember being absolutely blown away by the first Dirt. The funny thing is, um, as we'll talk about, <laughs> this game has not aged well, but for what it was at the time, um, and I remember even playing it and being like, the handling's kind of weird, but if you kind of divorce that from the rest of the experience, I mean, geez, like it, it, it really felt like a next generation game and there weren't you know come like 2007 i know you know we're we're well into the the 360 ps3 era but kind of almost not that different from how it is today we're still kind yeah. of waiting to really see what the generation's going to give us and you know this game came out in june of 2007 around the world and there was nothing certainly no rally game that that looked like this that had these lush environments just all the all the little details just like the the tire um you know the dust from the tires like being as like rich as it was and uh obviously this was like the generation of um especially early on that sort of brown filter right that net that quote-unquote next-gen <laughs> filter um yeah. but at the time it did it did give the game a kind of a softness a, a, a grittiness or whatever that was like appropriate and God, it just looked beautiful. Also, the damage was just honestly. There's really nothing that compares with it from like a AAA perspective today. Uh, the car damage, so yeah, just every every aspect of it just blew you away. It was like one of those tech demos where you're just like, I can't wait to play that. And then you know, here it was actually a game you could play in 2007. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that sums up very nicely. I remember when even. But as far as the PAL edition is concerned anyway, when you first see the front cover of, of the game, um, not a fan of the US one, but I think the European one's really nice. For sure, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's like right away, just like it felt like a 
it looked like a premium experience in terms of like how the game is branded, that sort of thing. Then, uh, of course, we'll go into it in more detail, I imagine, but you get into like the menu design and everything just feels like it sings right off the bat. And and when you first get into those races, especially when you think about where the PS3 was at that point, because like you were saying, Adam, um, th- there's a difference between a console launching and a console like truly arriving, mm-hmm. almost, in the sense that this is what is possible. Because for as much as we love, say, Ridge Racer 7 as a launch title, it's an HD game, but it doesn't really actually push the PS3 in any meaningful way, I would say. Whereas this game, by comparison, you have that fantastic damage model. You've got those lovely visuals, arguably ruined by like, that first generation of the Eagle engine, as you're saying. <laughs> um, a lot of bloom, of course, yeah, so as well. much bloom. Uh, yeah, yeah, but all, all those little features were features part of those true AAA experiences yep. at the time. So it shows how much Codemasters were really plugging into this to make it a premium rally experience and I'm not even sure what its comparables would be at that point in the rally space. You would obviously have the first um, the first Motorstorm if you want to include that, but I really don't think there was that many rally games, if at all, at that point on the platform. But Codemasters was coming in really hot um, and yeah, whether it's aged well or not, I'm sure we'll discuss a bit more about that, but I think like from a from an actual playing experience at that time, there there just was nothing comparable to this, and it was just like such a signal of intent from Codemasters as a, a studio where they want to take it, because I still feel like the blueprint of what is in that original Dirt game is still followed to this day in a lot of ways, like, you compare the way this game looks and the the kind of the, the the way that kind of events are laid out, that sort of thing, so similar to Dirt Rally, like the, yeah. there's like that clear connection still there. Yeah. They they still use a lot of the design philosophies here, maybe a bit more streamlined, um, but you can see that this was just a premium experience from Codemasters, and and I think like as a player at that time, especially being younger, it just left such an audio, uh, such a impression. Yeah, uh, you were talking about things to compare it to, and I can't remember anything before it, but in, I think, what, like a week after this game came out for PS3, Sega Rally Revo launched, um, which was certainly like another arcade-style racing game, and, and certainly more arcadey than than Dirt was, but uh, it, may, it didn't have, you know, the bloom, so it's maybe aged a little bit better than this game has. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was almost like those games being sort of releasing around the same time being sort of pit against each other dirt was sort of the future and sega rally revo while a very good game was more of a celebration of the past um yeah so yeah you can kind of see different ideas in the rally genre start to come out here and um yeah before this too we also had and i like to bring it up every now and then because this is a a series that never really gets enough love but this reminded me a lot of the rally sport challenge games on the xbox uh that dice developed because you have a a collection of different disciplines here in dirt you're even going beyond sort of what you have in in the rally sport challenge because you have the trophy trucks now and you have the buggies and stuff like that um yeah and the rally raid vehicles uh, and yeah, basically, it it kind of set the blueprint. I think for me, for someone who just loved rallying and just wanted to do rallying all the time, I think I I sort of recoiled at the original Dirt a little bit because while I was blown <laughs> away by it graphically and in terms of all of that, like it just yeah. felt like a diluted experience if what you wanted was just more CMR, and that's what 
me and all my friends wanted. We just we just wanted that over <laughs> and over and over and over again, which is easy to say, but also like, you know, it's not going to grow your brand. That's not, you know, I think rallying the sport, the overwhelming sport was was sort of teaching us all that in the 2000s through people like Colin and Ken. Uh, so yeah, I, I had a I had a difficult relationship with this game because even though I was really blown away by it um, visually and all of that, it just the handling was a miss. The handling was really a miss, and that that's not something like that I ever warmed up on. And having played the game again now f- to do this podcast, um, it's it's really rough. It's very like front end heavy. Like there's no hesitation to turn in. But like the tail of the car just kind of it, it's like a passenger. It's like even in the, even the it feels like all the cars are front wheel drive and, you know, but not even in a way that you would expect for that. Like it's just it's a very jarring game to play. And I feel like the handling was very undercooked. Um, and that's kind of that. And then also, like, once you really get into it, some of the even though, again, it's very impressive in action. Uh, there's a lot of screen tearing. It's 30 frames per second, which obviously all the games this you know in, in this generation of Dirt were, and that that isn't so much the problem, but it's just it's not a very smooth 30 frames per second. It's very choppy. It's very yeah. jarring. And I had this on the 360. I can only imagine <laughs> how the PS3 handled it because the PS3 back in back at this time, the PS3 always tended to have a harder time with those multi-platform ports. Yeah, was that the sale processor? Yeah. Uh, the the PS3 was blessed with obviously. <laughs> I mean, if it tripped up Polyphony, then it's probably going right. to trip up companies like Codemasters trying to make it across multiple platforms. And yeah, it is one of those scenarios. It's hard to find a PS3 port better than a, a 360 version that exists of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just to kind of tie back to the actual the gameplay itself, I think describing every vehicle as like a front wheel drive car is a good way of putting it because. I don't think that's more apparent than when you drive like the, they're not qu- quite trophy trucks, but like the kind of the, the more kind of pickup truck type yeah. rally cars. I can't remember the uh, rally raid or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah like rally raid. Okay. So, like, just not like you would imagine those <laughs> things to drive at all in this game. Um, and the, it's almost like one of those racing games that it was kind of common in the, the driving physics of a lot of games at that time where it was like you would turn into a corner and you would just feel the speed go immediately and the car would yeah. kind of like come to a slow slide and it just it feels wrong it's I mean Criterion still basically do that in my opinion but like a lot of games at the time were doing that sort of driving style where it's like you just turn in and then the car loses its speed and then you, you go on your way as opposed to a more kind of dynamic fluid driving experience kind of throttling the brake that sort of thing um it's hard to say if the driving model has been too oversimplified or it's just been over complicated for like the, the the types of driving it should be as we know with rally driving is that kind of balance of re- powerful vehicle on uneven surfaces and that sort of thing and much of the challenge and fun of driving on those surfaces is learning how to correctly address the corners it's not really a binary oh i hit the apex type driving experience of course whereas i think dirt does dilute it in a way where it's like basically you kind of you hammer the brake and then you kind of turn it in and the car loses the speed naturally and you come out the other side it's 
it's kind of hard to explain without it sounding silly because it sounds like I've just described driving on a, no, it's, a, a rally it's, track. It, it, it's one of those things, I don't want to say you had to be there, but if you were used to Codemasters yeah. kind of not necessarily always having the best physics, but among the best in the genre, you know, Colin McRae, those games felt great. Uh, you know, the CMR games, obviously. Uh, Toka, um, a little weird if you go back to it, but still fun. Like, those were very satisfying yeah. handling games. And I think for me anyway, even even as like a teenager, young teenager, preteen, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, I was just like, I felt like they were, they were really watering things down. It was like, okay, you've you've you know reduced rally to a portion of the game and you've also kind of dumbed down the handling and and look i obviously love arcade racing games but this wasn't this wasn't the way to do it you know um yeah and and you also have a game that um and this is something we talked about with grid you know maybe not super punishing in the sense of the handling but very punishing in terms of the damage i mean Damage was one of the major uh, sort of calling cards for these ego engine games, right? So, um, you know, you, you you put a foot wrong, you you end up off track, and and you kind of just take the wrong. Uh, you just kind of you know maybe graze the telephone pole or something like that, and that's your that's your rally done. And that's why the flashbacks are here, of course, because this was um, that's also yes. something that we should probably uh, mention because you know. This became not a massive feature in the racing genre, but you started to see it a lot more after Codemasters did it. Um, so, you know, Forza, Forza implemented it, I think, with the third, starting with the third game. So, uh, you know, they, they, obviously they were aware that this was like a, an interesting mix of a very punishing racing game, you know, a, a maybe like physically not very demanding, but, you know, when the pressure was on, uh, it could be very punishing. And, the, you know, Dirt was like this and Grid was like this. And I think it really kind of sums up this era of Codemasters racing games. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it's the... It's one of those racing games that I never really feel the want to go back to because I do think the, the formula it had and the, the overall driving experience was, was greatly improved with the future entries. Mm -hmm. It almost feels like the kind of... Similar to the way we described the first Burnout game and we did a Burnout yeah. pod where you... You see the seed of the idea and it looks great for the time and the the kind of general aesthetic of the game is lovely and that sort of thing. But when it comes to the actual on-track driving experience, unless there's like some of the kind of particular vehicles in there you want to give a drive or something like that, you, you probably won't have the motivation to get through the entire event tree just because the structure is also pretty linear yeah. as well compared to kind of later entries in the series, you could argue. Um, it, it does kind of just follow that structure of you, you kind of open up some options as you go, but mostly it's like event by event by event, and there's none of the cool. Uh, well, I can't recall exactly, but there isn't kind of like sponsor objectives and that sort of thing as of yet. Yeah, as in the game. Yeah, and obviously as you go into two and three, there are like personalities and. Um, you know, I was playing a lot too, yeah. and like all of a sudden the game says, Dave Mira is now your friend. You know, you don't, <laughs> none of that really happens. I mean, Travis Pastrana, I think, kind of walks you through the menus and stuff a lot in the first game. But um, yeah, it's it's a little, you know, I wouldn't say bare bones. Definitely, there's a lot of content here, but it's it's definitely something that they would grow, grow upon. Um, I think what really blows me away seeing Dirt 1 and then 2, these games are all two years apart. And 
what a time this was in game development when, you know, it feels like it was yesterday. It really wasn't. It was, you know, what, like 15 years ago or something like that. And, and what a time it was where you could have Dirt 1 and 2, which obviously built on the same engine, but vastly unique experiences in terms of yeah. feel, in terms of look, and they're separated only by two years. I mean, that just, that does not happen anymore. Um, and that's probably a good segue into Dirt 2. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because um, Dirt 2 hit like a steam train when it, when it first came out because of the fact it was so different. Uh, it was very much in the the era of attitude going as cheesy as possible, over the top, in your face, dude upload that clip to YouTube, kind of, the, the, the infamous, the, the infamous kind of legacy that game left when it first came out, because it was so different to what was expected, the rally purists were up in arms, the, the people actually playing the game were enjoying it, of course, uh, but it was a very different experience, like you're saying, Adam, and for me personally, it wasn't a change that I was too happy with at the time mm. prior to playing it, in the sense that I did feel as if it was maybe a step too far removed from kind of representing Rally and the, the light that we're used to at that point. Like through Colin McRae and in Dirt, for the most extent, kept things kind of subtle and, and focused, whereas Dirt 2 is more about what type of liberties can we take with this style of driving to make it more exciting and introduce these new elements that are really pushing to the forefront of the X Games and and making the kind of the, the characters or the personalities at that time a lot more in your face and prominent. Um, it's 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 an interesting beast because obviously it is just such a change from what Codemasters had been doing up until that point, and I think it did kind of give people a bit of whiplash at the time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Whiplash, we do need to make a correction because I just realized that Dirt 1 didn't have flashbacks, which is really funny oh, right. <laughs> because in my head, it's almost like a Mandela effect thing. Like in my head, it that game had them, like it started with them, <laughs> but no, they were introduced in Grid and then they came to Dirt 2. So oh. apologies for this on the fly correction, but uh, and apologies if oh. you were screaming at the... Uh, uh, You've got to hand in your, your racing game card. Yeah, now. yeah, I, I have to. So. Admittedly, I did play less of Dirt 1 than I did the other two <laughs> games for all of the reasons we, we described. But uh, but anyway, yes. So everything we said with relation to flashbacks, apply that to Dirt 2. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, Dirt 2, again, this was... You know, going back and playing Dirt 2 now, I just kind of feel like I was so unfair to the game because I... <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't like the whole monster energy thing. I, I knew who Ken Block was, but that was not my brand of rallying, right? And that was that was yeah. kind of that culture war that you had at the time between like, you know, the old school fans and, you know, these kids who, who like Jim Connor videos, which is very stupid to reflect on now, <laughs> especially if you were on the side that was like gatekeeping. But, you know, yeah, we were teenagers, so what do you want? Um, so, yeah, that was... That I did not like. However, there's zero question this game was so much better than the first one. I mean, the physics alone are just, it's its a completely new experience. Um, and the funny thing about that is that uh, they did consult with Ken on the physics and uh, his his major, I guess, uh, point of, of feedback was to give the cars more grip. Um, and 
you know, as a result, you have this game where like you like Dirt 2 and 3, the physics models in those games, like I just it's one of those games that gives you so much confidence to do whatever the hell you want. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where I remember less so me, but definitely my friends at the time would do uh, a lot of like rally, you know, stage time trials and compare their times to other times on the leaderboard, especially in Dirt 3. And, yeah. um, it, you know, it wasn't hard to get through the stage in these games, obviously, like it was in Dirt Rally, but it was so hard to get, you know, that extra, that extra 10th, the extra couple of 10ths. And that is, you know, that is the core of a great arcade racing experience, right? Is that like, it's just fun to get around the track, but there is endless depth for you to just get better and better and better. Um, and the stage design was so good. Like uh, Croatia, Croatia has to be one of my favorite, you know, rally stages or environments, you know, in any racing game ever. It's those Croatia stages are fantastic. Um, revisiting the game, I was reminded like the China stage is incredible. I, that one just completely yeah. slipped my mind. Um, so much good stuff uh, in in Dirt Two uh, and and Three as well, but I feel like the series really really found its footing with this one. I think most people would agree with that. Yeah, I think this is when the actual identity of its own started to shine through. Um, as much as I was praising the kind of the, the visual style of the first game, you still felt as if it had enough ties to the kind of Colin McRae Rally series. But at this point, it's the the baby's out the bathwater in the mm -hmm. sense that it's just like this is the, the vision of where we want to take the our rally series now these are the kind of themes we want to lie into and that sort of thing and it's not a it's not a gentle nudge it's a straight into it this is like right from the off when you start that game you just know exactly what you're getting with a, a bright neon colour scheme and the kind of the print style effect of the, the kind of the title and that sort of thing there's definitely a there's an edge to proceedings here and the, the gameplay kind of is married with that perfectly because like you were saying if Ken Block's vision for this game was to give the cars more grip, these cars have more grip and almost in terms of that kind of pursuit of higher and higher leaderboard position, faster lap times, that sort of thing is actually almost like more more kind of akin to circuit racing in a way where it's it's about finding those small margins like you say it's a staple of the, it's the staple of the arcade genre in general and it's why games like Sega Rally are so fun because even all these years later you can probably still find time in certain corners and that sort of thing. In Dirt Rally 2, for me, Dirt Rally 2, <laughs> Dirt <laughs> 2 for me absolutely kind of shifted the focus of what was there and like I've already said at the time, being a teenager, gatekeeper, that sort of thing, <laughs> absolutely hashtag not my rally. Fucking right. like just really really frustrated with what why they've made those changes that sort of thing, um, but like you say Adam you kind of you look back at it now and it's pretty funny because all we ever ask for now is could more games have a bit more personality and yeah. and try something a bit different and at the time it, you just consider as well like the kind of the live hub environment menus and that sort of thing yeah and just yeah it's really that. The idea that kind of, I don't know if Pro Street was the first, but like it's the, I always think about Need for Speed Pro Street when I think mm -hmm. of those type of menu styles, and I think Dirt 2 is the first one outside of the grid and the kind of um, the garage type function yeah. to, to really bring back that kind of arena festival type atmosphere, and that kind of leans into the track design for the kind of rally cross-like stages as well. 
you've got some fantastic stadium based tracks in here that really yes. do make for yeah. fun driving and with the, the kind of the new physics it absolutely suits it down to a T compared to the first game where it felt like every kind of second or third corner maybe you just wished that flashback uh, kind of function existed pattern <laughs> because it'd be so frustrating the car bouncing a certain way you don't expect and it kind of going off the track that sort of thing you're not getting any of that in Dirt 2 and it makes it a more kind of static predictable experience but once you lean into that and focus more on how fast you can go as opposed to taming the rally beast so to speak it's a it's a very good game and I think that Codemasters knew they were onto something with this because we'll talk a little bit about the spin-off game that comes later on but I think they realised that if you can really kind of tighten up the handling for a rally game you can lean into the more kind of arcade leaning focus and create a really fun enjoyable experience and even now I would say Dirt 3 is quite different to what Dirt 2 offers. Dirt 2 is for me the most arcadey of the bunch and in a way it does kind of carve its own niche out because of that it's worth going back to Dirt 2 whereas like I was saying I don't know if I'd ever recommend going back to Dirt 1 to be honest but yeah. with Dirt 2 this was this was the one I was surprised I enjoyed revisiting the most because yeah. I remember at the time not being too happy with it and even when I did eventually go over the higher holier than thou attitude of, of this <laughs> type of rally compared to what I liked I still didn't quite meld with it too much but now like a lot of time has passed and it's that this is absolutely one that has been fun to revisit. Yeah, you were talking about the atmosphere, and atmosphere is such a big part of Codemasters racing games during this time. Uh, I mean, with Dirt One, you know, you had those floating menus, which are very nice to look at. But with Grid, they really, they really couch it in the garage. I mean, that being in that garage is just such a vibe. Um, yeah. Even with the piss filter, it's still just a lovely place to be. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I think Dirt 2, Dirt 2 still got some bloom, but it completely loses that piss filter. And uh, yeah, you, I think you'd be right in saying that Pro Street was the first game to really try that, like, you know, here's the menu. The menu is is like in, you know, the service park or in the festival or whatever. Um, uh, Dirt 2 does that, but, but tightens it up and throws way more at you. And it just, it always feels like a party in this game. I love... <laughs> I love just like finding the um, just like going through the map to pick your next event and it's on the map and and these things like it's a lot of visual information on screen at once but it still doesn't feel overwhelming it feels like home and yeah. it's just yeah they they really they really knew what they were doing um, for sure uh, in, in just having every aspect of the atmosphere just touch from the gameplay to the menus to everything in between everyone talking to you. Um, you know, future FIA president Mohammed Ben Salayim, uh, <laughs> yep. being one of them, uh, which always makes me laugh. Um, and uh, yeah, there's so much to like about Dirt 2. Um, we haven't really talked about like uh, sort of the, the graphics and performance side, but that's even they even found I don't know how, but they found headroom to squeeze even more out of the ego engine and and even more out of these consoles. Um I haven't played Dirt 2 on the PC. I actually just found the code, the Steam code for Dirt 3. Obviously, all these games have been delisted. But I imagine if you ratchet this game up to like a modern resolution, it it must age wonderfully. Because these games, they don't feel as old as they are. It's kind of amazing to think that they're 14 years old, you know, talking about Dirt 2. 
and it doesn't yeah. feel old. It feels like a game. Honestly, I I like Dirt Five a lot, and I know you have some disagreements with me there, Bren. <laughs> but it feels like Dirt Five was trying to do Dirt Two again, and you know, even though I I kind of like a lot of aspects of that game, there are certainly some respects where it, it fell flat compared to the presentation and just the ambiance and and the presence that Dirt Two has. Um, but again, I feel like you could just just shove Dirt Two out on Steam today, and you know, if somebody was like asleep for more than a decade and came out of a coma, they might they might think it's a relatively recent release because it just does not feel that old. No, not at all. And when you're talking about squeezing even more power out of these consoles and such, we we talked about the environment and the vibe of the game overall, but the one thing that always stands out to me about Dirt 2 in particular is how busy the environments are. Like, mm-hmm. when you think about like the Battersea track, for example, and everything just has that nice, like, feeling of scale to it, and there, there's no kind of wasted trackside, like, decoration or anything. It's just such yeah. a, a compounded environment to race in, and you still don't really get that in today's racing games that are in kind of closed circuits and that sort of thing, where it genuinely feels like an event that people are at and like actually enjoying the racing. It feels yeah. like a motorsport event from start to finish, because for as much as, say, for example, Horizon goes on about the Horizon Festival, it's a bit of a ghost town pretty much throughout the entire place. Whereas like with Dirt 2 and, and the way that its career structured and these big events hosted by like DC skateboards and that sort of thing, it does capture that kind of X Games vibe very well. And especially compared to the first game where a lot more of it was the kind of the the ambience of these like kind of bigger environments and and even the kind of the, the stadium truck type stuff or uh, the kind of more traditional races like the rally raids and that sort of thing still came across a bit empty whereas in this game when you're on these tracks it does feel as if they were really trying to kind of eke out every bit of juice in the, the ego engine whilst also getting rid of the piss filter yeah um yeah it's just it's, it's a bombastic style and like you were saying, it's interesting why it doesn't feel overwhelming because like everything on these kind of UI elements is so large and right. the, the, the way the kind of the screens, the, the way the loading is handled, kind of the camera pivoting from the map over to yep. where the track is supposed to be, blasting the the event information at you on the screen. But it just like it, it just captures your attention so well and it doesn't make you it doesn't kind of bore you in any way and I think that's really impressive from a design perspective because when you're going for a style like this it's very easy for that to come across as a bit kind of too much but I feel as if yeah. it's weird looking looking back now the, the kind of a bit more wiseness I guess uh, it's just it's great to see a game that really does commit fully to what it wants to offer instead of kind of settling for a half measure for the sake of trying not to, to kind of be what it isn't. It doesn't try and be what Dirt 1 was or what yeah. Colin McRae Rally was. This is Dirt 2 now. This is the X Games era. And it definitely just leans into that throughout. Yeah. Um, I'm actually thinking because unlike Dirt 1, we had uh, releases on handhelds as well. And I know that you were a big <laughs> handheld gamer, Brent, obviously. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, did you play any of the, of the portable versions of Dirt 2? Because I did not. Yes, yeah, so I actually played the DS version, <laughs> as, as is often the case when we, we talk about these ports. Uh, absolute nightmare. Do not go after this <laughs> thinking that it's the way that uh, creating races or 
or like kind of the even the race driver grid version. Yeah, of was that Firebrand engine? I guess because Firebrand was yeah. a developer and yeah. all of their games. I never played this one, but um, I played Create and Race, and <laughs> then I never played Grid on the DS. But when I looked at when we did, we talked about Grid. We talked about handheld racing games. Um, and I looked at video of Grid. And I'm like, this looks exactly <laughs> like yeah, Create and Race. Same. Yeah. It's basically just like a sequel, effectively. Uh, the, the Grid game, which was good good for me because I enjoyed creating race, but I would say that Dirt 2 is one of those ones like, it's not like it's bad, it's just mm. it kind of lacks that little bit of, um, the little bit of novelty that makes a game worth playing on the DS of all consoles. I think it kind of sure. lacks that a bit and creating race obviously had its whole gimmick sound and are kind of based around that. Um... Yeah, for, for me, Dirt 2 is one of those ones that can probably be missed. Um, yeah. I've never played the PSP version, though, which would be interesting since, like, I can't imagine it'd be too far off. Sumo kind of, Digital the, the Developed, so it might be oh, worth wow. checking out. Um, yeah. Because I don't recall Dirt 3 didn't get any ports, right, to anything that wasn't... Yeah, it was just 360, PS3, and Windows, so... Um, and, and Mac OS, if you are so inclined um, <laughs> yeah so yeah dirt 2 i i'll have to i'll have to check out the psp version of that because sumo did good work but you know they they were doing a lot of the time so i wouldn't begrudge them too much if this was just kind of like an in-between thing and they you know yeah it's yeah. probably one of those kind of default psp racing game experiences <laughs> likely but who knows like yeah. you're saying it's sumo digital so um I just I was checking out a video of it and the top comment with 30 likes is Dirt 2 PSP, key features, it functions. <laughs> so I guess right. we might not be too far off that in the sense that it's maybe just a bit of a yeah. standard port rather than anything kind of notable, but yeah, <laughs> one to, to play, I guess. Yeah, so I think we've, we've spoken uh, enough on Dirt 2, uh, kind of summed it up there. Um, I, I just... I'm just like thumbing through the Wikipedia page and I keep seeing, uh, Brend, you said, you know, we both said that we were kind of rally gatekeepers, but this game had <laughs> gate crasher, um, uh, a mode where you, you know, went through yellow barriers in the fastest time and got points and all that sort of thing. Basically project Gotham racing. And I did like this mode a lot. Um, it was a nice yeah. distraction. Modes like this are a nice distraction from just racing. Um, because I think in spite of, uh, I don't know, people like to say, like, what new thing can you do with a racing game, really? And I know that sound of that, that kind of sounds dismissive to the genre that we all love, but it's also kind of true. You know, what really can you do? And I think, you know, having like a gate or a cone challenge type thing is basically kind of it. Unless you're going to do like, you know, have, have some sort of random multiplayer thing like shuffle racing or something like that, you know. Um, but, but yeah, so Dirt 2, Dirt 2 is, um, it's the one that if you, if you were like us and you had lots of negative thoughts about this game when it came out, um, go, go and maybe see if you can revisit it uh it's a little bit harder to revisit than dirt 3 but you'll be pleasantly surprised um because i think like you know we move we're moving into dirt 3 and i don't mean to like sort of cut the dirt 3 conversation short um because it's a great game but like it's just dirt 2 made me realize that 
everything that we kind of love about Dirt 3 really just owes, owes you know, its bones, its framework, everything to the second game. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, like, it's... It's a great series in a way, Dirt, because each of the, the kind of... The three entries start to form the pathway of what will become the ultimate version of the game, in my opinion. Like, I really love... Like, I really love going back and playing too, but I'd still say my favourite will be free when we, we kind of discuss that soon. But mm. for me, it's like you see that evolution of what Codemasters are building, but also they, they understand the importance of maintaining that kind of rally like heritage. And it almost feels that they take the kind of bombastic style of two and just tweak it ever so slightly to, to be more kind of approachable for those, those gatekeepers that we're talking about. And yeah. just in general. It's not like the the style is lost because Dirt Free still looks fucking great in yeah. terms of like the not just the on track visuals and stuff, but the kind of the, the 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 kind of visual language of the game overall is phenomenal. But it's once again more kind of like taking what they may have liked from the first game, what they've established with the second game, and then providing a more kind of comprehensive package that's inclusive of both of what you would consider those games to do well. Maybe for some people, Dirt 1 didn't do too much well, but the concept, at least, of, of trying to appeal to rally fans as well. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. I think it's... When you get on to talking about Dirt 3, you really start to see the, the kind of the... the fruits of what Codemasters have been working towards is starting to be... It is being realised at full flow. And any apprehension I had about Dirt 2 when I first played it I didn't feel any of that with Dirt 3 because it just yeah. felt as if it hit the right sweet spot for, for both types of rally fan. Dirt 2 or uh, Dirt 3 for me is kind of like what the original Need for Speed Most Wanted was for me because the original Most Wanted came after all the underground games and I didn't play any of those and I hated what they were about. Um, but it kind of felt like it was extending sort of an olive branch back to me a classic need for speed yeah. fan and that's that's what dirt 3 kind of did it was like hey you know it, it still has that kind of dirt 2 extreme sports edge to it but uh you have i think a, a, an enhanced focus especially on like classic rally cars and group b and stuff like that um you know sort of more rally history locations that you know old school rally fans would appreciate like monte carlo that might have been missing from the previous game um things like that and you know on top of still the same amazing handling model from dirt 2 uh still the incredible you know everything that ego was doing at the time was just cutting edge and like the best the best uh, of the generation and uh but you also have you know some some extras thrown in that like would have felt uh very much at home in dirt too like for example gymkhana you know just off yes. the bat having the gymkhana mode yep. and that was something that i was like you know not really keen on for all of the reasons that we've discussed and then you you play it um and it very quickly becomes an addictive thing uh, yes, and absolutely. you know, between that and also just having the batter C complex to just tool around is so much oh, fun. I mean, me yeah. and my friends, we just, we would play tag. We, we would just go on and just online and just like dick around for honestly like two hours and just shoot the shit and find all the secrets in that little map. And I think, I think I always hoped that that would be like a mainstay of the series, that they would like remember that and in future Dirt games be like, yeah, let's just give players a sandbox. But 
yeah, for whatever reason, I mean, Dirt 3 kind of perfected the formula and then sort of just that marked the end. But we'll we'll get we'll get to that when we talk about, you know, after Dirt 3 a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, this game, yeah, whatever side of the rallying fan fence you were on, this game had something for you, um, which is why, you know, it's I, I think it ends up being most people's favorite. Yeah, 100%. I think like the, I mean, you mentioned that Jim Carner obviously is the kind of the, the outstanding legacy this game has left in terms of how do you shake up the, the, the racing genre. As we're talking about, it's very hard to do it, it's very hard to pull it off correctly and base an entire game mode around some kind of viral videos at the time, it's, mm -hmm. it's a difficult thing to pull off correctly. The Codemasters just nailed that kind of feel between being like a point scoring classic arcade game but making the most of the driving physics that they have here and the best part about that was shown through Gymkhana because it still required great driving skill to actually kind of perform well in the mode but once it kind of clicked like it just it sung like a bird it was just like so fun to to try and link together the moves so you could earn more points that sort of thing and it truly felt like a a like a, a nice addition to this type of game and something that felt completely in place within the Dirt universe. Um, it, it goes beyond that as well for me because you were talking a bit about the multiplayer elements as well and that kind of concept of how do we apply fun to our kind of slightly more serious rally game almost seemed to bring out the best ideas you could argue because like the zombie mode for example was phenomenal yes. in Dirt 3 um, and kind of cutting around Battersea and trying to avoid your friends, that sort of thing. So many great memories and, it, I mean, you're, you're alluding to it, Adam, like a lot of the kind of lessons learned, so to speak, not just for the Dirt series, but for racing games in general that should have come from these types of additions was kind of lost over time and racing games started to just get gradually more and more kind of consistent and serious. But Dirt 3 straddles that line really nicely between here is what you want to see when you play a rally game, here is great level design, great car list, but also here are these elements that keeps things fresh and keeps things moving along. Because ultimately, rally games are fairly predictable by nature, and what typically keeps them engaging and worth playing is that actual kind of attempt of conquering a rally a rally track, but when you've got more of an arcade type experience, some of that is lost. But I think in Dirt 3, Codemasters was able to kind of find that perfect balance of the, the proper rallying experience complemented well by some other driving experience you weren't really getting anywhere else as well. Um, and if we talk a bit about, once again, about how that kind of mirrors the main protagonist of the game almost, I feel as if at the time this came out this is when Ken Block himself was starting to more kind of actually dabble in let's get into WRC, mm -hmm. let's do a bit more kind of proper rallying, that sort of thing. So once again, the kind of the, the trajectory of the games kind of marries up to to what the kind of the icon of the game was doing at that time. It definitely felt as if from an outsider's point of view, Ken Block was getting more involved in kind of traditional rallying and that sort of thing. And I feel as if Dirt 3 kind of complements that nicely whilst still including those elements that made him who he was. So I feel as if Dirt 3 is that perfect kind of balance and counterbalance of here's the, the crazy shit that you enjoy doing. But if the over-the-top personality and in your faceness of two is just too far then we've toned that down and given you a proper rally experience and it, the game is all the better for that. And I think that's like you're saying, that's why so many people regard this one so highly because you're 
there really isn't any trade-offs here, I would say. No. I'd, yeah. I don't think there's anything the other two games done better that's missing. Um, I think as far as a, a, a racing a rally game of this style goes, there isn't really any comparables once again because it's it's not total arcade like a Sega Rally or Evo experience. It's not a sim. It, it, it kind of inherited that kind of rally simcade spot perfectly at the time and even going back to it now, you were saying about Dirt 2, if you had it on PC cranked up all the graphics it would still look fantastic. It's very easy to find out if Dirt 3 is since it is a bit easier available and it looks brilliant. Plays great on the Steam Deck, which is my platform of choice. <laughs> kind of giving it a go and yeah, it, it really frustrates me that I feel as if this was the kind of sweet spot of where racing games needed to embrace and kind of push on from, but I don't feel as if we really got that in the end. We went either one extreme of incredibly serious or another extreme of just kind of total arcade. Yeah, yeah, and you know, talking about being everything to everyone, I remember there were a couple of friends I have, like at the time I was in high school, I was like just like. Maybe I was like just getting out of high school, going into college or something like that. But um, I remember like my group involved a couple people who didn't play racing games, you know, but they loved, they liked cars and they obviously liked Ken Block because who didn't watch those videos? Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, as a result, like they just took to the game and, and we had a lot of fun uh doing the rally cross especially like you get together a group of like four or six people doing the rally cross races in dirt three and it's just it's a blast and you can even have like little sort of mini battles where it's like okay you got the two people who are kind of new to racing games and they're duking it <laughs> out and then, not on like gt thursday you know i'm somewhere i'm somewhere in the back you know or i'm somewhere in like mid pack you know maybe fighting for fighting for sixth or something like that um you know, meanwhile, we got our usuals who were, uh, <laughs> who were vying for the podium. But anyway, yeah, it's, um, I, I think if there's something that we can say about Dirt 3 that's like sort of without getting too bittersweet about it, at least they perfected it, you know, before yeah. they kind of decided to just sort of give up on it. Um, <laughs> something very weird happened with Codemasters, I think, after Dirt 3. They just really seemed to have no idea how to continue i think like, they were kind of at that point going through some financial struggles and stuff if i recall yeah like the downsizing and that sort of thing it wasn't really a great time period for the company if i recall right and i don't have like i i didn't really look into that that much and you know there might be some people out there who who might be willing to give you little glimmers of, of information but yeah i i don't know i just remember dirt three was just perfect honestly <laughs> and um yeah and then after this uh was showdown after this i can't remember yes. where showdown fell because it just completely just it happened and i didn't pay any attention to it nobody did <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean showdown is an interesting aside i guess it, it definitely hit upon that time where the the concept of a and it wasn't even digital only, but it felt like a digital only game. Do you know what I mean? Like at that time period, 2012, it's where you were getting like your, your GTI clubs of the world and that sort of thing, where it was just like that kind of half half full price game experience, effectively. Sure. Um, 
and Dirt Showdown kind of follows that to the T. I think there are there will be people who are absolute like Dirt Showdown enthusiasts because there always is, to be <laughs> honest. But regardless of what game you're talking about, but really what you're getting from Showdown is that it's almost like the the Dirt Red Line. <laughs> We're talking about that Colin McRae yeah. uh, arcade game. That this is like Dirt's equivalent. This would be the the Sega Amusements version of Dirt if that ever had existed. The way they made one for Grid. That's the way Dirt Showdown is in terms of you've got a you've got a game here that kind of takes away a lot of what makes Dirt great in the first place mm. and replaces it with a more kind of approachable kind of uh, almost like coin up fuel type racing experience. Um, predominantly centered around destruction and that sort of thing. You you have a very simplified kind of mission structure, that sort of thing. It'd be the perfect like handheld exclusive version of Dirt in many ways. Like yeah. you could imagine this on PSP specifically being built for PSP or something, but it didn't even come out on on the handhelds. <laughs> but it's uh, I'm not. I think Dirt Showdown. I hate the term like asset flip and shit like that, but mm. it does definitely feels more like well, we can we can make another game in this series. We, we got a rough idea of where we want to take it. It doesn't really feel as if there was a kind of a, a clear vision of what that should be and what they were looking to do because I think even at the time it was evident that Dirt Showdown wasn't going to be the future of the series as much as people wanted to kind of yeah doom post about that at the time and it's easy to find the, the kind of. Those gatekeepers returning after Dirt Free, I suppose. Yeah. Um, with what Codemasters were doing, but it's uh, it's not something I'd, I'd ever kind of recommend looking at too long. You can probably watch like a YouTube video and really get the grasp of, of what you're looking at here. It's a lot more of a a linear surface value, the yeah, surface value experience, effectively. Yeah, I think what's just the most surprising thing about it is there was such a, as we're talking about with 2 and 3, there was such a strength of vic- of a vision and conviction from Codemasters. They knew exactly what they wanted these games to be. And then they, they tried to diversify, I think, a little bit from a business perspective, which isn't a bad idea. I mean, like, you know, Dirt Showdown's kind of capitalizing maybe on, like, a younger audience, you know. Yeah. Even more arcade audience, mobile games are taking off. Something that you know might feel a little bit more like something a kid might play on, like an iPod Touch. I I get it, um, but not executed with the same level of care. Uh, and then also like I mean, Grid Auto Sports in their example. Grid Auto Sports not yeah, a bad game, yeah. but it's just like you you came out with Grid Two. The reaction was sort of mixed. You know, I I liked Grid Two, um, but. It was almost like they just they just sort of were like, let's do these, and and it is kind of a pejorative, but that's what that's kind of what it is at the end of the day, asset flips, and let's try and like yeah. take these games, these these experiences, and tweak them just a little bit for different audiences, and I guess it's not a bad idea, but like from business point of view, but it just feels like they were they were lacking that just like overarching vision that idea to just kind of get everyone on board and like this is dirt you know this is dirt four this is this is you know the future of grid it's just like it just kind of signaled that they really didn't know what they wanted to be and and after this i mean you you had a huge wait i mean in of itself like the wait for grid two felt so astronomically long yeah i mean that game was I think five years at the time were five, a five-year wait for a sequel like that. I mean, think about the fact that they came out with Dirt every two years and were waiting five years for Grid 2. 
and then you know doesn't doesn't really work out and then all the sport happens and it's like i don't know i mean maybe I mean, more, more people seem to like all sports. So you're thinking like, well, maybe why didn't you lead with this? You know, it's just, it's just, it just all kind of fell apart for Codemasters and it took them a while to get back on track. But even that was just sort of, it just felt like they were floating different things. I mean, Dirt Rally was like definitely a win, uh, being able yeah. to prove to the world that like, okay, a more serious experience like this, there is a market for it. Um, and they kind of took people on that journey of doing it through early access and everything. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's weird how it seemed like everything was firing on all cylinders and then, and then they just kind of lost the plot. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the, the thing is as well, I guess the reason why more people maybe like Grid Autosport compared to Dirt Showdown is also because like Grid Autosport is just like, the grid style of gameplay absolved of any sort of personality or <laughs> kind of vision and, and packaged into a, a fairly linear racing experience yeah. so if you if you really enjoy driving in grid you're still getting that whereas with dirt showdown it was like you know i always remember that the kind of the showcase first event you do in that game is like a figure of eight <laughs> kind of like fucking destruction derby type experience and just right off the bat it's like who is this for like yeah. what what exactly are you kind of gearing this towards and it, it loses a lot of people because of that there's like even the ui elements and stuff for a, a, a kind of a studio that's always very good at creating these great uis and stuff there's mm -hmm. like I'm trying to recall directly off the top of my head but it's like a fucking like the cheesiest like boost meter you've ever seen where it's like a tire <laughs> like something you would see in like a Wii game a, mi a midway like a, arcade game yeah 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 exactly so like Cruising. a tire with, with an alley inside it and one half represents boost the other half represents I don't know fucking some sort of points yeah um, <laughs> or health sorry I just looked it up so it's health and it's just like it's funny because they've kept the rest of the UI very similar to the game before but they just stuck that on there right once again kind of leads into that idea that there just didn't seem to be much care and effort put into Showdown. And at the end of the day, you will have some modicum of fun with this type of experience, especially since this is like pre-Wreckfest as well, for quite a few years, in terms of providing a good demolition derby type driving experience. And right. There's a demolition derby type mode in here. A lot of the racing is based around that. So a lot of people who did enjoy it, probably enjoyed it for that reason. It was a, a type of game that kind of faded away as kind of game costs went up, I suppose. And outside the Wreckfest, you still don't really get a game that really kind of captures that level of destruction. And Showdown did a decent enough job at that. So I get why some people always, it's the class, you always see it in the racing genre specifically, underrated, mm. uh, this, this game's fantastic, or this game was harshly criticised. But like for me, this isn't even like a seven out of ten racer like showdown. It very much is a five out of ten. If you're curious about why Dirt ended on such a a mute note for quite a long time, yeah. showdown kind of indicates where that was. And yeah, like you're saying, is long, long time until four came out, and then five as well. But yeah, that kind of original trilogy to end with end at that point with showdown was very odd because at least grid auto sport did have 
just kind of the, the main base experience just packaged yeah. slightly different. The thing about Grid Autosport was almost like, okay, you want you want Toka, here's your fucking Toka game. Like <laughs> to <laughs> yeah, me that's what yeah. it felt like Codemasters was doing. Like you all bitch about how you just want Toka, you want race driver, I don't know what would have been at that point five or something like that. Um so here you go. Uh, and it was relatively good at that. I mean, I absolutely cannot stand the grid handling models, so I never really liked the game much. And like, I don't know. I remember when they put it on Switch, and like, it was, I was very excited when it landed on Switch because I was like, finally, a real racing game on Switch. And then I'm trying to play it with like, you know, the face buttons on the Joy-Con. I'm like, this doesn't work. Like, this game handles too poorly. Like, a game has to have just you know from a gameplay perspective be really rock solid to be able to work with like face buttons uh and there are plenty of old racing games that do like i hate it when people are like you need triggers like i don't know i didn't need triggers for gran turismo one or two or ridge racer or any of those sega rally geez um but yeah all those sport was just to me it was like this is just exposing all of the flaws of 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 the core grid gameplay experience um in a package that you know would obviously satisfy what boomers were looking for a little bit more um, yeah that, that, yeah it's so strange because that's literally all grid auto sport is when you when you kind of <laughs> you read about why it started being developed in the first place so it's like a quote from Codemasters producer Toby Evan Jones and literally basically says, Historically, we've kind of alternated between Dirt and Grid, but when we put Grid 2 out, we stood back and took stock. And there's a lot of stuff the dev team wanted to have in there in terms of optimization, I guess removing all personality into that, <laughs> new features and generally improving things. <laughs> At the same time, <laughs> there was a fair amount of feedback from the fans with regards to what they wanted. So additional touring car content, the return of cockpit cam, and a nudge back to simulation rather than arcade was basically brought in. So, like you've just described, Adam, it is basically just that the boomers who are angry that that go to, to a different direction, Autosport kind of tried to correct that. Whereas, yeah. I mean, yeah. do you remember how Grid 2 got slandered for the cockpit camera situation? Oh yeah, like 100%. that. Like, people wrote the game off because there wasn't one, and it's just like... <laughs> Remember Codemasters did a like achievement as well, referencing the, the oh, whole cockpit cam thing in, in Dirt Rally, yes. Um so like something like Codemasters had put out a quote like saying ninety nine point nine percent of our audience do not use the cockpit that, cam. That, that I remember. Everybody. Okay. Yeah, so like in Dirt Rally I think it is, there's a trophy called I am the zero point zero one percent or something like that. That's and it's, funny. it's, That's it's really for using funny. the cockpit cam. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Anyway, I mean, you know, obviously this isn't a, a show about about grid all the sport, but it does <laughs> it does kind of, yeah. you know, it 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 kind of gives you a sense of just that team like Codemasters sort of lost faith of direction a little bit, and then as a result, yes. everyone, uh, you know, playing their games kind of did too. And look, I mean, we we've talked a lot in the past about like our feelings about Dirt Rally, about how it's technically excellent but completely devoid of any, uh, you know atmosphere whatsoever and um yeah i mean we'll see what what happens with the wrc game in the future but uh yeah dirt those those three dirt games though um those first three dirt games uh i'm really happy you know that we took the time to to go check them out again and you know it's so it's so funny when you go and you play a game like dirt 2 again and and it just opens your eyes as to what you were missing um yeah you know we it's not a completely unusual feeling but um 
I think it's something I associate a lot with like the games that came out when I was a teenager because that's when I was starting to be like cynical and just kind of hate everything <laughs> that wasn't exactly what I wanted, you know? So like, yeah. I, I mean, that's, I never really got on with like Split Second, for example. That game came out the exact same time. So I'm kind of wondering if I, if I go back and play Split Second, will I love it now? Like, things to consider. I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised just purely because if it was like for example the handling engine you just didn't gel with or something yeah. like that it's still as fucking heavy as you remember <laughs> <laughs> it's still a, it's still a bit of an awkward mm. driving experience i'm sure the, the split second militia won't be happy with me saying that but sure. it's um i can see it with dirt 2 why that be the case but mm. i think with split second my gut feel would say you would still feel similar but at the same time um t- definitely worth checking out to see how you feel but yeah, Dirt 2 is one of those ones where I'm happy to hold my hands up and say I was like totally wrong mm. um, with the, the kind of the annoyance at the time and questioning where the vision was going and that sort of thing. Uh, progress doesn't stand still and that's where rallying was going at that time. Uh, you can argue that it's kind of pivoted back now towards the more kind of traditional stuff but at the time it was a, the perfect move for the series and yeah yeah and like look i mean we're talking about how dirt showdown just kind of didn't really have a lot of uh you know just felt kind of empty uh a bit of a cash grab but like imagine if that's kind of what codemasters led with after dirt one you know like with dirt two yes they were they were definitely playing to you know just, just the rising stock of extreme sports and Ken Block and all of that, the viral videos, everything. It was a fantastic, obviously prudent marketing decision, but they still made a great racing game. That's the thing. Like at, the, at its core, they yeah. still they still put all of the effort, all of the technical talent. I mean, Codemasters was just, you know, for me, I look at games like Dirt Two and Three, and I'm like, they they may as well have been polyphony because, like, from a technical perspective, they were. They were just doing things that like no one else was doing on those on those gen- on that generation of hardware, um, you know. So it's it's funny looking back and just knowing you know how how wrong <laughs> we might have been at the time. Just that you know there was so much substance behind this game uh, for however the box looked or you know whether or not you like Monster Energy decals on cars. <laughs> um, and and you know it's also like I remember uh, watching the X Games where like Colin flipped like remember that uh, in like the last yep. heat or whatever and the LA Coliseum track that they raced on in real life was so cool and I don't think the ones that made into dirt were like exact copies for predictable reasons but like the one two and three both had the Coliseum and I think the one and two was the one that I just loved it's it's an excellent track and um, yeah this I, I think. Obviously, you know, this is coming out many months after uh, after Ken's passing. But I think if you really want to sort of revisit that era um, and just sort of remember what he brought uh, to this thing that we all enjoy, you know, Dirt 2 and 3 are fantastic ways to do to do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Those are, those are Ken Block's games almost in the sense that if, if Colin McCree rallies, obviously, like Colin's legacy, if you, if you want to see how Ken influenced Rally and, and where that went and, and who was the kind of the, the protagonist almost of that arc of the the motorsport was Ken Block's Dirt ultimately <laughs> Dirt 2 and, and Dirt 3 for me and I think that is the greatest thing about it like you everybody who plays those games knows who he was 
um, and it does capture the kind of the free flowing fun he was able to bring to, to it's funny because Rally is by its nature very kind of um, stoic in terms of what it's representing the, the actual the actual art of driving in, in rallying is insanely difficult and challenging but especially for wider more mainstream audiences the idea of racing against the clock isn't that exciting but like Ken was able to, to kind of take the driving skills you would associate with rally and apply it in different ways and Dirt as a franchise grew to that point as well where it was like how can we rip the script up in terms of what's expected in a rally game and make it feel more unique and and the kind of the lasting impact is there depending on how you feel about like Dirt 4 maybe not so much kind of more geared towards that traditional rally experience again but Dirt 5 once again kind of brought it more to that wide varied experience of different types of event, different types of cars, that sort of thing. And even though other games would have had those type of kind of events, obviously, um, in terms of like a spread of different varied driving environments and such, uh, the, the Dirt franchise for the 2 and 3 absolutely embraced it and made it the core of the game. Mm. And, and it, did, it broke up the experience, it made it more fun in the end. Um, you were obviously disappointed if you were in wanting a core rally experience, but blatantly obvious from 2 that you're not going to get that and with 3 they, they do make an, enough of an amends to have a great content base there yeah. for people who just want to rally so yeah, um, yeah it, it's it's a great franchise to revisit for anybody and if, if you've somehow never played any of those games as well um, for me Dirt 3 is absolutely the, the kind of the best one to go after and the easiest one to find but yep. it's absolutely worth seeing what 2 offers and maybe checking out one as well if it's not too hard to track down <laughs> yeah we should say uh, in terms of revisiting uh dirt three i mean the easiest way to go go about that is just grab a key for the pc i mean they're very cheap i just bought one earlier today yeah. for like two dollars and fifty cents you plug that into steam and you get the complete edition so yeah. um that's really great i've heard that the multiplayer servers still work still live you can still play that so we might be doing some of that uh, in the time extends yeah. Uh, community over the next couple of weeks which would be really really cool uh dirt 2 is a little bit tougher on the pc side because with dirt 3 you're firmly in the area of digital releases on pc and with dirt 2 you were still probably getting like there was a disc route there was a physical release maybe some maybe those physical releases obviously require the disc so yeah it's yeah it's hard um with that game uh there are cracked versions out there and uh sure you know where to find those so um yeah yeah exactly <laughs> nah, definitely but like that it is worth getting free because it is so cheap if you've got a, a gaming pc or even a half decent laptop probably be able to run dirt free pretty well and it is aged perfectly still mm -hmm. very fun still great looking if your online servers are up even better so yeah let's give it a go why not yeah, I think that's uh, that's gonna about do it for this one. Um, not much, uh, obviously. It's been so long since our last episode. There's really uh, not many announcements other than, uh, obviously, um, if you enjoy uh, this podcast and you enjoy talking about racing games, all that sort of thing, um, go join our Discord, which you can now do freely. There's no need to go back and forth about invites. Uh, just head to our uh, Twitter, which is time underscore extend, and there is a link uh, in our bio that will take you right to our Discord, and that's a ton of fun. And Brand, you also mentioned in the last episode, um, we really do appreciate your uh, 
reviews um, for the podcast, be that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I think is probably the biggest one in terms of reviews. Um, I use a third part of the app these days called Overcast, so I have no idea how I would even see your reviews on that platform. <laughs> but if yeah. there is a platform that you use that offers reviews, um, yeah, please, please do that uh, because it helps us out and it's it's just nice. You know, say whatever you want. Say say that you love Dirt Showdown. That's that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, one one star Dirt Showdown slanderers like go nuts at the end of the day you, you can't usually rate podcasts unless you've listened to a few episodes mm. so if you've listened to more than one episode you're entitled to say exactly what you think <laughs> so absolutely go for it um not, we're not like i said the last time not going to be one of those pods that begs for five star reviews or anything like that you you can be the judge of how many stars are given but regardless reviews do help and uh yeah it's, it's one of these things where we we often see that a good chunk of people do listen with Adam, but we, we actually don't hear that much back in terms of if it's good listening yeah. or annoyed at us listening mm. or they don't know anything about racing games listening mm. or people wanting to get more ammo to slander Twitter gamer Adam Ismail. Well, I mean, we're definitely going to get some of the negative stuff because we, we said that there were flashbacks in Dirt 1 and I'm actually just kicking <laughs> yeah. myself about that. I feel like an idiot, but like I, I don't know why. Like... I think in my head, Dirt 1 and Grid 1 are the same game. I don't know. They just are. <laughs> they look the same. <laughs> they look the same. They just yeah. are the same game. I don't know. But they're both four-letter words, you know. Come on. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, and yeah, thanks. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening to this episode, as always. And you'll hear from us again at some point. <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. 